We're about to fucking take this back real quick. Real quick. Go light your cigarette. Go light your cigarette. Let me do my introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, we are about to talk about the one and the only. This man is the man. The British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith. Shout out the British Bulldog. And we were talking, and this is why we're recording. I was like, yo, we got to record this conversation. On the strength that we're talking about Davey Boy, Davey Boy. And I was like, which is funny because my actual name is David. My nickname is Dave, whatever the case is. But when I was a kid growing up, a lot of the old school folks, hey, Davey Boy, hey, Davey Boy, hey, Davey Boy. Even this Jamaican dude named Derek. Davey Boy, every time. It wasn't Dave, it wasn't Davey, it was Davey Boy. That's it. And I was like the biggest professional wrestling fan. So that just, to me, it was like the British Bulldog. What? Hands down. Wait till Pretty Black gets out here. We're going to have a conversation about the British Bulldog and Matilda and Winston and the Union Jack Flag. This is coming up, ladies and gentlemen. Or by the time you hear it, I might mix it up and you might have already heard it. Whatever the case, Political This Radio, we're about to get in a conversation about British Bulldog. Political This Radio, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dirt Square Circle portion of Political This Radio. And we are on officially season six. So let me tell you something. Once we ended season five, unfortunately, the season finale part two couldn't take place. Well, it did take place, but we had to delete it for specific reasons. Uh, I'll be those to any of the viewers, and that's the way it's going to stay. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Anyway, season six. I'm like, how are we going to do season six? What are we going to do? And then it hit me. Let, it, let me phrase that. It hit us. Let's go harder. How? We're going to do season six right away. Right after we drop season five, the season finale, we're going to do season six. And not only that, we're going to freaking drop like eight to ten freaking podcasts a day. That's what we're going to do. We're going to hit hard on season six, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you guys. Thank you guys for supporting us left and right. Now, let's move right into it. A lot of people want to talk about how Shawn Michaels actually was in three consecutive opening matches at WrestleMania. And that was WrestleMania um, 5, WrestleMania 8. No, I'm lying. WrestleMania 5. Was it 5? Yeah, yeah, yeah. WrestleMania 6, WrestleMania 7. Or was I lying? They were at WrestleMania 5, I believe, the opening match. Or maybe the second match. But then it was WrestleMania 7, they were definitely the opening match. Then WrestleMania 8, Shawn Michaels actually faced El Matador. Then WrestleMania 9 would crush in the Intercontinental Championship. So that that's what it was. It was WrestleMania uh, 7, 8, 9. So I apologize for getting that one wrong. But what a lot of people don't actually um, realize is that's happened a lot. Okay, hold on a second. Let me give you an example. The Godwoods, right? WrestleMania 13. It was a four-way elimination match between the Headbangers, Furness and LaFond, the New Blackjacks, and the Godwin. WrestleMania 14. This was WrestleMania 13 when that happened. WrestleMania 14, there was a battle royal where the Godwins were in. WrestleMania 12, unfortunately, it was actually an opening match. It was actually the dark match, so it does not count. But it was against the Body Donners for the vacant tag team titles. 
Now, let's jump into WrestleMania now that we're actually on the subject. A lot of people like to talk about who has the worst WrestleMania records. Obviously, the big show comes to freaking, you know what I'm saying? There's no argument about that. But a lot of people didn't realize, you know, what current active superstar actually has the worst WrestleMania record? Coffee Kingston, believe it or not. He has actually only won two WrestleMania matches between WrestleMania 25 and WrestleMania 37. He's only won two WrestleMania matches and I believe lost like somewhere between seven to nine. But we're about to, you know, do the math on that right now. So, Coffee Kicks his WrestleMania record, right? These are the ones he's won. WrestleMania 27. Coffee Kicks in the Big Show came and said Tito Morella defeat the core. There's a lot of people on the core not getting into their names, but he won that match. Baby, I love you too. We're going to go outside in a second. I'll take you for a walk. WrestleMania 35. Daniel Bryan. He won the WWE Championship. Everybody remembers that. Now... Let's get into his loss records at WrestleMania. Money in the Bank ladder match, 25, and WrestleMania 26. He lost both of them. WrestleMania 28, Team Teddy versus Team Johnny. He lost that one, too. WrestleMania 31, he was actually in a four-way dark match, so that does not count. WrestleMania 32, he lost to the League of Nations. WrestleMania 34, he was in a three-way tag title match, which he lost. WrestleMania 36, he was in a tag title three-way match again, which he lost. WrestleMania 37, he lost the tag titles with AJ and Amos. So, folks, the New Day as a whole, the New Day as a whole, have never, ever, ever, ever won a WrestleMania match. The New Day themselves as a whole. As a faction, as a tag team, they have not once ever won a WrestleMania match. So, ladies and gentlemen, everybody's obviously heard the news. WrestleMania won. King Kong Bundy versus SD Jones was obviously not nine seconds. It was actually around the 23-second mark. Which was weird because it's actually longer than Bob Backlund versus Diesel, Chavo Guerrero versus Kane, and Chris Jericho and Jerry Lawler versus Taz and Naked Midian. Yeah, Naked Midian. Combined. That 23 seconds was actually... For those who haven't watched it, please go back and watch it. But it's so funny how it happens. It takes so long well, it doesn't take so long. It takes a lot longer than nine seconds for Bundy to get the pin. And, but it takes so long for the announcer to actually announce that it was only nine seconds. And I could, you could tell that it was done on purpose, <laughs> which is so funny. But before we end this right now, and remember, this is season six. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for actually listening. But real quick, we do have some other was professional wrestling. These men have either at one time or another made their way into WWE, but we're talking about all professional wrestling. As, as far as my knowledge goes back. Now, Coffee Kingston, right? 
as far as I know, he started on the independent circuit actually in Jamaica. A lot of people might not know that. But to date, the only titles I can actually record to date is 22 titles held. And Coffee Kingston is not even at, like, the peak of his career. Wait till he turns heel. And that's, I'm just calling it right there. Wait till he turns heel and actually starts freaking winning some world titles again. Now, the recorded titles. I'm talking about recorded titles because everybody knows Ric Flair lost some titles and won some titles and overseas tours. But recorded titles. Ric Flair has a talk. I'm not talking about just world titles. I'm talking about titles throughout their entire career. Ric Flair actually has 43. Booker T is actually tied with him at 43, not 200, like some companies want to brag about. Matt Hardy, believe it or not, is actually at 45. Now, I've looked into a lot of wrestlers. Do you know who the most I've actually found was? Was actually Jerry the King Waller, which stands at 231 titles. There are two championships, I believe the tag championships, or whatever the case is, I might be wrong, but he won two different championships 58 times each. Now, I have to question that because is that like a hardcore or 24-7 championship? Yeah, it is a championship, but if that's the case, then we might as well throw hardcore Holly and Raven into it, no offense. I consider it a temporary championship, which actually doesn't count. But if these are legit championships, then Jerry the King Lawler legit has 231 title reigns, recorded title reigns. Amazing, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome back to Political This Radio, ladies and gentlemen. In about two seconds, I am about to smoke some really, really, really good marijuana. But that's not the good news. Well, that is good news, but it ain't the good news. That ain't the, the great news. That ain't the big surprise. That ain't the huge present in the box and whatever. Anyway, Political This Radio is pleased to announce that drum roll please well imaginary drum roll because i'm not around my keyboard right now where the hell is my keyboard anyway political this radio is actually pleased to announce that hashtag cook this and gaming this is now part of political this radio that's right ladies and gentlemen so now we will also have podcast um Excuse me, cooking podcasts, old podcasts about food, takeout, uh, restaurants, and you know, sh- shit, even service stops on the way on I-95, I don't know what the huge uh, highway is over, and um, I, I would call it the Los Angeles Freeway, wouldn't it be, the biggest freaking uh, highway slash speedway slash whatever you want to call it, over on the west coast, but over on the east coast of the United States, it's the I-95, anyway, 
that is our very, very, very special news. And I know some people are bummed out to hear it and like, wow, I thought it was going to be bigger than this. No, this actually is pretty big because we're actually expanding now like I was trying to do last year before the freaking <laughs> fucking hit and everybody got shut down and shit got put on hold and everybody was in a cluster and everybody wanted to fight everybody for no fucking reason and everybody had an attitude and all that other shit. But hey, tomorrow actually, now that I got you guys here and we're talking about the freaking little pandemic that we had for a little bit over a year, today, and I'm saying tomorrow, I mean today, in New York City and in I think the state of New York actually, all together in the state of New York, we should finally be able to take a deep breath because, wink wink, um, (coughs) excuse me. Unless you actually got vaccinated, you are not able to take off your mask. So you can take off your mask if you get vaccinated. And if you do get vaccinated, nobody can ask to see your freaking vaccination card. They're not a doctor, one. Two, there's a thing called patient-doctor confidentiality. Your medical record is your own business. You're not getting signed into school. I can understand getting signed into school and college and, like, when you're working at, like, a a buffet or something like that, you know, or or a freaking restaurant, a busy, busy restaurant. I can understand something like that. But other than that, you know, if you're not working there, you're just going there to visit or you're going there to do business, mind your fucking business. Because the only person, hey, hey, listen, hold on a second. If the if the freaking COVID shot actually works that good, then why would you even be worried if somebody else has their shot or not? Who are they getting sick? Somebody else that doesn't have their shot? You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to worry. You got your shot. Mind your business. Anyway... Didn't want to jump into politics like that, but hey, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Political This Radio, this is season six. I told you, I told you we were going to have 100 episodes in 30 days, and we're busting our pieces trying to get it going. The last few days, unfortunately, what a way to start off freaking episode, uh, excuse me, season six, is by me actually being sick the last few days, which sucks. <laughs> Because definitely got off to a bad start on that one, but we're back and we're in full swing, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Political list. And once again, please keep a lookout. In the next few days, we will have, um, excuse me, gaming this, and we will have hashtag cook this. And it's going to be a feast. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Political list radio. Wait, all right, we're recording right now. We're getting right back in the conversation about the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. All right. Listen, man, once again, this dude had the cornrows in his hair. White dude, but he was really tan because, you know, they have to tan back then. Uh But he had the cornrows in his hair. This dude was beefier than a motherfucker. He had the Union Jack flags all over him. He had Matilda or Winston, depending on what bulldog you want to choose. This dude was, and then they had the British Bulldogs before that. Uh-huh. That shit was fire, man. Was it? Or was it not? 
It was. It was fire. The British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith is the fucking man. That's bro. my fucking man. Yeah. As a kid, as a that. kid that's I used my to nigga. walk around thinking I my was boy. Because that dude was, like I said, he was about my height right now. He wasn't that big. He wasn't, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think he was like six feet tall, six foot one, like they try to label him. I'm pretty sure he was only like 5'11. Mm-hmm. But he was just so big that they could be like, yeah, he's six foot, six foot one. Everybody would believe it by how big he was. But British Bulldog was the fucking man, bro. Then he went to WCW, and he had him fucking with Vader and Sting. And I was like, what the fuck? This is so hot. <laughs> Hell yeah. Just like fucking your, your fucking favorite wrestler, Big John Studd. And you want to know something? This is the key question of the night. Since I'm part of your show, and I love you to death. Uh, you are the show, bro. You, you have both, a lot of my, you're in a lot of uh, uh, political this radio fucking, like, you can't say, I, I'm part of your show. You are the show. You're the show, too. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> Who is most famous okay. for jumping off the turnbuckle? Ah, uh, it all depends. Macho Man Randy Savage, then you have Superfly Jimmy Stucco. Then you also have uh, Ricky the Dragon Stebo. So who is it? Then you do you also have the um, the kangaroos. You do have the kangaroos, and they boy did they fucking jump around. All right, listen. This is my little brother. I love him. I love him. It's my little brother. So, and y'all better not even fuck with him. That's who, one who thing. Who was famous for jumping off the top rope? Bob Backlund. No, no Bob Backlund never jumped off the top what? rope, bro. Off the turnbuckle? Off the style? Yeah, hey, he might have. You ain't seen him on Saturday. You was probably too young. It might have been one of his signature Yo, moves. Yo, what? Like, yeah, he you know did that. No. Bob, Bob Backlund. Bob Backlund was a great Bob he had He had my favorite wrestling move of all, the chicken wing. Put the chicken wing on somebody. Even in a real fight, choke the shit out of him. Put the chicken yo, wing on somebody. Yo, yo, you about right. That motherfucker right. had the chicken. I used to do that shit as a kid. Just put motherfuckers in the chicken wing and choke the shit out of them. Because you got to realize one of your hands are not working. And most likely, it's going to be the right hand. Both your hands most people, be on one side. Yeah, most yeah. people are right-handed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get into a fight with somebody that's left hand and try to put the chicken wing on them, you might be in trouble. But for the majority of the time, you'll be good. Because not only is their fucking arm immobilized, but you're also choking them out and you can swing them back and forth. It's literally, it's like the full Nelson on fucking steroids. And I put the full Nelson on. I've had the full Nelson put on me. That shit chokes you the fuck out the moment they fucking... Because what it is is your hands are like this. If they push down on the back of your head, you're choked the fuck out. That's it. It doesn't matter who puts it on you. You're done. <laughs> yeah. That ass. Then you go to Stephen Ray. I wonder what happened, right? Yep. You Yo, they put, listen, the chicken wing is worse on the strength that if you want to, you could just fucking flex and just make a muscle, you're choking them the fuck out. You're, you're cutting off their fucking airway right there, and then you can just fling them around all you want while they, you're fucking, and they're just going <laughs> to, trust me, I've done it on a lot of yeah, people, bro, the chicken wing is no fucking joke. If you're, that's why I don't understand, they want to use the arm bar in UFC, fuck 
that MMA, put the chicken wing on a motherfucker real quick. Choke him the fuck out. I bet you. I bet you that fucking fight will be stopped before the fucking, if you would have put a fucking armbar on that motherfucker. That shit would have been stopped real quick. Because you would have, whoever you put that motherfucker on, you tense up on their fucking carotid artery. That's it. That's it. They are fucking going to sleep. I've seen it done. Hey, yo. Check this out. When all this, when all this stupid shit really blow over, all this, we gotta wear a mask and all this dumb shit. My people open up their dojos and some watch this shit. I'm gonna bring you. I'm gonna show you. You wanna see what we Oh, God, bro. I'm a fucking wrestling fighting freak. Anything that has to do with fighting or wrestling, like, I'm on that. That's going to be our next conversation. Political This Radio, thank you guys. Tune into our next conversation. Listen. Okay, let me tell you something. Political This Radio. I dare. I dare. For all you old school professional wrestling fans out there and you new school professional wrestling fans out there, let me put you on to something. I dare Harlem Heat in their prime to walk into any professional wrestling organization right now. They would throw tag teams around left and right and manhandle them. Do you understand that? This is why everybody loves Harlem Heat. The old school wrestling fans. And this is going out to you new school wrestling fans. You don't understand, bro. Let me put you guys on to something, okay? Harlem Heat came out, and this is no disrespect to Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson. No disrespect to them at all. They broke barriers, but they did not break barriers as a tag team on a consistent level. You know what I'm saying? Harlem Heat broke barriers on a consistent level as a tag team. That's all I have to say. And what's crazy about it is nobody looked at them and said, Oh, wow, here's a black tag team. Everybody looked at him and said, yo, that's a fucking badass tag team. Real talk. And you know who did it? No disrespect to WWF. But WCW did it. WCW was also, besides Bobo Brazil, I just had to throw that in there, was also the first major company to actually freaking crown an African-American as a world heavyweight champion. Around the same time, if not, what, two years difference at the most, that Harlem Heat became world tag team champions. Maybe three years, regardless of the case. The point I'm trying to get is, Harlem Heat, back in the day, you guys got to realize, too, they were really, like, they were no successful, and I mean no no successful black tag teams back. There was Doom, but they were not Harlem Heat. That was also Ron Simmons. Ben Butchreed. In my opinion, Harlem Heat gets all the respect in the world. It's probably like the top-notch badass tag, or just the top-notch tag team. These are two badass dudes who are related 
And I'll tell you what, you know why Harlem Heat actually got a lot more attention on top of that? On the strength that the same reason everybody loves Sting. Because here was a, a guy, in Harlem he was a tag team, so here was a tag team, right? That was so great and so phenomenal, same thing as Sting. And everybody looked at all three of them, Harlem, he and Sting. The first thing up here in the north, at least, the northeast, everybody thought was, hey, man, these guys are like the other guys up here in WWF. Like, these guys are fucking good. You know what I'm saying? They had the character down. They had the promos down. They had the fucking wrestling down to a T. They were great. That's what I'm saying. So 100%. For you youngins out there, you have to freaking check out some Harlem Heat. Because Harlem Heat, in my opinion, will destroy any, 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 any tag team right now, modern day. Harlem Heat in their prime, any tag team right now in their prime, Harlem Heat will run through them. Because you saw them and you were like, damn, they are tall as fuck, first of all. Second of all, and it wasn't even like, was, I didn't look at them and say, oh man, these are two black guys. They must throw that. No, I looked at them and I was like, first of all, I was happy as shit that I'm seeing a black tag team like just dominating shit. Because I've never seen that before. And to me and everybody else's surprise, like, we were happy as fuck, too. Like, damn, bro, they're throwing down. Good for them. But me and a lot of other people looked at them mostly, mostly as this is a fucking tag team. They're tall as fuck. They're built like fucking brick shit houses. And these dudes can fucking wrestle. The scissor kick? Come on, man. When did the scissor kick become popularized? Can anybody tell me? Before Booker T. Before Booker T, when did the scissor kick become popularized? Anybody want to tell me? Booker T popularized the scissor kick, man. Harlem Heat popularized the scissor kick. Fuck that. (coughs) I'm personally glad that Harlem Heat is in the WWE Hall of Fame. They honestly deserve it 100%. They deserve to be in the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. They deserve to be in the Cauliflower Alley. You know what I'm saying? Like, they deserve all the accolades in the world because people don't realize that Harlem Heat was not only a great tag team. On all levels, they were one of the greatest tag teams. Put Harlem Heat, fuck that shit. Put Harlem Heat in their prime against the Blackjacks in their prime. Real talk. Harlem Heat in their prime against the Blackjacks in their prime. That's what I want to see. I want to see a straight-up ass-whipping all around, just fucking fist thrown. Like, that's a fucking fight. You know what I'm saying? Put Harlem Heat in any, any, any era of professional wrestling... They will dominate. Political this radio. That was my thought for the day. But Harlem Heat, 
does not like they get a lot of respect and they got a lot of accolades and they deserve all the respect but in my opinion they deserve they deserve a lot more honor and respect than what they get because come on man political this radio let me know what you guys think Go to politicalthisradio at gmail.com. Let me know. That I got I got some on the Steiner Brothers, too. And in my personal opinion, I'll give you a hint. Dogface Gremlin, back in the day, was so much... In my opinion, he was better than freaking Scott Steiner. Not Big Papa Pump, but Scott Steiner. And I'll tell you why coming up. Okay, let me put you guys on to something about Scott Steiner, right? Not Big Papa Pump, but Scott Steiner. A lot of people thought, before the Rockers even broke up, a lot of people thought that Scott Steiner would be the Marty Gennetti of the Steiner brothers. You got to realize, Scott Steiner, he had his finisher... Okay, he had the Frankensteiner, they had the Steiner recliner, the whole nine. So, Scott Steiner's finisher at the end of a match was more flashier than Rick Steiner's. No bullshit. But other than that, both of them were pretty much on the same level as the tag team when they first started out in the early 90s. A lot of people don't realize that. Okay, for the old school wrestling fans... Rick Steiner was the dog-faced gremlin, all right? The dude, his name, his nickname was the dog-faced gremlin. He had the fucking wrestling headgear. You know what I'm saying? Legit pro wrestling fans were onto that. They wanted to see when the Steiner brothers came out, they wanted to see some Rick Steiner. Let's be real. The only difference is, in my opinion, the only difference is why Scott Steiner got over instead of Rick Steiner was because Scott Steiner started started getting bigger than Rick Steiner. <clears throat> and his finisher was more flashier than Rick Steiner's. And Scott Steiner, apparently, you know, the, both of them had a mouth on them and they could throw down with the best of them, if not all of them. You know what I'm saying? In the backstage area. But Scott Steiner and the mic, as crazy as it sounds, because Scott Steiner math, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, was a lot better. What Scott Steiner math was actually pretty, it, it kind of sort of adds up. There was one if in there that I caught, and I was like, wait, 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 hold on. I saw where he messed up. And I might get into that in a later episode. But anyway, folks, Scott Steiner's microphone skills were broke. Uh, definitely better than Rick Steiner's microphone skills but Scott Steiner was bigger than Rick Steiner and his finishing move was flashier but when they were a tag team folks Rick Steiner was the man over Scott Steiner I'm sorry the dog face gremlin you cannot fuck with the dog like the gimmick was it wasn't even a gimmick it was just the real shit they came out of the state of Michigan. They didn't actually come out of the state of Michigan. They went to uh, college there, whatever the case is. 
You know what I'm saying? It came out, freaking Scott Steiner, and uh, excuse me, Rick Steiner, whether it's WWE or WCW or any other company. Rick Steiner, the dog face gremlin. You tell me that ain't a nickname to begin with in any era of professional wrestling, let alone the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. And then he had the wrestling headgear. And then he had his brother with him, his sidekick, Scott Steiner. You know what I'm saying? That was a badass motherfucker, bro. I'm sorry. I honestly think Scott, uh, Rick Steiner could have been just as big, if not bigger, than Scott Steiner. Because when Scott Steiner actually got too big and he started going off on his own and they made the switch, which I'll get to that in a second. When they made the switch and they made the turn and one day had to go in their opposite direction, Scott Steiner was just bigger. But the problem was Scott Steiner's wrestling moves also slowed down a lot. He was not doing the Frankensteiner anymore. There was no Steiner. There was barely any Steiner recliner. Well, actually, no, there still was, right? Yeah, no, I stand mistaken. There was a Steiner recliner, but there was no Frankensteiner anymore. You know what I'm saying? A.K.A. the Hurricane Rana. A lot of his aerial moves and his off-the-top moves, top rope moves and shit like that actually stopped. While Rick Steiner still had all of his repertoire. You know what I'm saying? His entire move list, that move list that he was actually still using. Well, Scott Steiner's actually slowed down a lot the bigger he got. I.e., the moment they split up as a tag team. But yet, Scott Steiner got really big because that he was a loose cannon on the microphone. You know what I'm saying? So, <clears throat> that did equal money, but... In my opinion, I think Rick Steiner, the dog-faced gremlin. I'm not saying Scott Steiner's bad, because he ain't. I'm, I'm just calling it how I see it. Rick Steiner, the dog-faced gremlin, gets my nod over Scott Steiner. And I just told you why. Political this radio, ladies and gentlemen. Let me know what, let me know what you guys think. 